Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the Mechanical Keyboard Community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. Man's Kibio, the place for split keyboards. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Don. I'm back. Back, mm. indeed. Back from not the quite dead. It is great to hear your voice again. Back from from obligations and from uh, prioritization and life. <laughs> How, how's your liver doing, by the way? Oh, well, it's going. It's well. It's well. Wait, my liver. Uh, your liver. Oh, my liver is fine, Don. Really, you didn't have to overdrink as part of your your you know commitment duties to work in in Asian culture. No, I I don't know. That's that's probably exaggerated for like. <laughs> really. I it, wow. it it was probably like for maybe for different countries too. Different obligations for different countries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you from my dad's personal experience, it's definitely not over-exaggerated in, uh, in Taiwan. And I know people in Japan who can tell you it's definitely not over-exaggerated in Japan either. Oh, yeah, actually. And I, um, I have a friend who's like done some, done some work in China and he, he's like, whenever they meet with their suppliers, they, they do drink a lot. I've heard, but that's just, I don't know if that's every business or just like some, just his I don't know. <laughs> I would say it's it's semi-common. Semi-common. But uh, no, it's great to have you back. So uh, we'll, we'll obviously have a few things to talk about this week. And hopefully you've had opportunity to, to check out what's actually been happening in the community in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. By. Yeah, I've been getting back into it. I, I pretty much like the last half of like they, my timeline goes like ha- ha- I missed like the last half of Hub. So like I saw the first two weeks and then and then I disappeared for two weeks. Just got really busy. But yeah, so anybody's wondering, you can use the hub calendar to figure out when I was following things and not. <laughs> now, I want to address kind of an elephant in the room straight off the bat. Uh, in that anybody, of course, who listens and are familiar with our standard introduction is probably thinking... What happened to Chill Caps? Uh, Chill Caps, which is run by WorkChill. WorkChill had contacted us during the week and said that due to commitments to their own podcast that uh, WorkChill is running and involved with, which is Keep Town. So make sure you check out Keep Town. It's actually now available not on Libsyn, but they've moved over to SoundCloud. So you can go to SoundCloud and search for it or just type in Keep Town into Google and you'll be able to find their podcast series. But because of the fact that WorkTool is spending a lot more time and effort and energy on Keep Town, he's putting Chill Caps as his sort of hobby business on hold. He's actually, I think, pulled the, the landing and pages from Chill Caps and put that into sleeper mode. And he didn't feel that it would be appropriate and right to be advertising Chill Caps only for people to be going to a website that's not working and to be going to a place that they couldn't actually get his dice-subbed keycaps. So we still have a fantastic relation with him. You know, he's still in our Slack group and, and Keep Town is doing fantastically well 
for a podcast that's starting out and i hope that they will be able to celebrate even more episodes and having more great guests and good times ahead so um yeah thank you very much to Workchill and chill caps for supporting us you know as long as he has so uh yeah yeah um, and i i've, I've listened to keep town keep town a few times and especially the part where they talked about the level keyboard uh yeah it, it's really cool i like them they're all really nice super chill caps <laughs> they're pretty rad hey <laughs> yeah they're uh they're real uh they're real homies all right well this week um there, there's been there's been some interesting things and uh there's been some some cool things and there's been some not so cool things happening all at the same time but i want to start off with a shout out so from one of our uh, supporters uh rodbert actually i think he's one of our patreons and he's actually asking for a shout out which i said more than happy to he's also he's super active in our slack he is he is indeed so i'm happy to announce for him that there is a mechanical keyboards swede sweden uh, where swedes can get together to chat trade and plan meetups there is going to be a meetup in stockholm on the 19th of may so make sure you head out to the discord server if you're not aware of it uh now the best point of contact for that will be u slash sendrim on reddit so that's s-e-n-d-r-i-m otherwise in bad nato code that's sierra echo nevada uh delta romeo indigo mike in case my English isn't that... Uh, Don, is, is, are you required for your job to know those like by heart quickly? I am not, but it does actually help. <laughs> uh, I often have phone conversations with people and it does actually help to, to use that sometimes for certain things. Yeah, that's Sierra, um, Sierra with a Z. Sierra with a Z. <laughs> Um, now there is actually a website also for the discord uh, now I'm not going to spell this one out but it is mechanisk and atangenboard.se I will put the links in the notes so there is going to be a link for that um, make sure if you are in Sweden or in that general area a Schengen country I guess is probably the best way of describing it you can join that discord and get over to the meetup you're so, so culturally aware <laughs> you even know like the province what do you mean Shing wait what like you know the area where it is no Schengen is like Denmark uh, Sweden and oh, Norway. Is that where the visa thing comes from? The Schengen visa that you can get? Oh, well, I think it's just like uh, culturally speaking, I think is where it's actually derived from. But of course, we're going to have some angry Swedes come along and go, <laughs> no, that's not the right way. Yeah, we're not or, saying or anything, some right? State people who'll be like, oh, like, you absolutely butchered that word. Um, Schengen. <laughs> but yes, so thank you very much, Rodbert, for giving us those details and hopefully you'll have a fantastic meetup coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, have a great meetup. Right. 
where do we want to start? Do we want to start down low and, and crawl our way up? Or do we uh, want to have a roller coaster? Or I kind of want to start with the hub stuff. That's kind of like, that's kind of the right. like one thing that I've been thinking about recently. Then uh, take it away. Um, yeah, so <laughs> with, some poor, with some bad news, the hub keycaps, which was a new keycap profile being produced by Evan from the Van Keyboards has been canceled slash postponed. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of really good, so there's a, there's a Reddit thread post about it and there's a lot of really good commentary on reasons why people speculate it failed, how that, how it could succeed more in the future. And it's definitely worth a read if you were interested in the hub profile it got a lot of attention but what are your thoughts on this don i know that you were you were you were going hard for the van for a while <laughs> you know i i was promoting it so hard that people and i don't i kid you not were like do you work the van are you getting a kickback for this i managed to go from saying look there's there's currently 29 people who are thinking sorry there was 29 sets potentially being committed to in Australia. And I basically jumped in the deep end and said, look, I'm going to buy 100 sets. If we don't reach 100 sets commitment, it doesn't matter because I'm going to own the rest of those sets in the colorways that I want. But if we get to 100 sets, then everybody wins because we get a better price and shipping. And if we go over 100 sets, even better. We got to 118 sets in our commitment by the time that uh, the Van Keyboards pulled the Kickstarter. So... I was I was keen and pumped for it. You know, it was an ambitious goal. It was an ambitious project. Five hundred thousand dollars US is no small feat. Is that the and, is that the biggest? Um, like like is that the biggest fundraising for keyboards ever? Have there ever been more? I don't know about fundraising because fundraising is a very specific term. Now, putting that into context, for example. The new Model F that's been done by Unicomp, uh-huh. they've sold $503,000 worth of them. That That's increased more than when I bought it. When I bought it, it was only like 400000 So, And that's the thing. But each one of those is like $200 plus. And, and that's a lot easier in terms of, well, when you think about it, it's less people because you're paying more per unit. But... Had Evan charged a little bit more, it might have been even more successful. And that's actually one of the comments in this thread that came up this week, uh, which basically said, well, charging 20 bucks or even 50 bucks for a new keycap set profile, while the price is absolutely fantastic, they probably could have thought about charging a little bit more, which would have helped them reach that goal quicker and faster. And it could have been a stretch goal in saying that, well, if we'd hit that, we could have given something more and better with inverted commas, you know, like hidden money as such. Because, um, heck, if you doubled the price, so instead of paying $50 per set, there would have been a likelihood that, yes, people wouldn't have jumped on board, but those who were so keen and interested anyway would have committed to it nevertheless the same, which meant your funding would have accelerated much more significantly. Um there was a lot of positive and negatives in this thread. I, I think uh, Das Gnome 
wrote a really well thought out thing and i do know that evan and steven from the van keyboards have taken on board so many suggestions and comments but i think they did the right thing they were I even taking on suggestions and comments like as the kickstarter unfolded <laughs> yeah and and that's the right thing that they should have done and i think part of what the issues were is that they should have done this before they launched the kickstarter you know, it should have been a full-blown, almost to a group buy stage, but more of the interest check to a group buy process. And and you know this for a fact yourself, having gone through what you've done with the level, right? Yeah. There's so much of this back and forth, back and forth. And even though I know that Evan had a vision and he'd had prototypes and it did go out to very, very limited people for testing, it was never really released sufficiently to the wider community for that kind of feedback it was more about hey guys we're going to do a kickstarter soon this is what the profile looked like you know man of interest huey from top clack um has had some 3d printed versions of these and here's some pictures of them um and here's a sneak peek of what our sets might look like and then bam here's this five hundred thousand dollar goal had they spent a bit more time, maybe produced a few more 3D printed sets and sent them around, maybe more to more meetups and, you know, being able to open dialogue about colorways as well as icon mods and placement of legends and what their game plan was, it would have given people a lot more comfort. And, you know, I've been talking a lot with Evan and Steven on our Slack because, you know, they are involved on our Slack. Yeah, they've taken heaps of feedback and you know I've relayed stuff because because kickbacks (laughs) (laughs) it's not kickbacks but like kick forward kick forwards right because as dumb as this sounds we are in a keyboard community there are so many keyboard warriors right yeah every single day of me being on various discords and slacks i would see something that people would gripe about and the first thing that i say is have you told that to the van keyboards some of them say yes others say nah like there's no point like i can't be bothered you know it's it's not my problem if their campaign doesn't succeed and i just wouldn't get this because of x y and z and so i felt like you know it was kind of my duty to try and relay this information because I wanted it to succeed. And if I don't provide this feedback, then you're losing essentially that ability to correct what might be turning people off. And it's not that I said to Evan and Stephen that, you know, they had to change this. You've got to change this. It's more about, hey, this is what people are saying. You might not be seeing this because they can't be bothered telling you this. And, you know, I was taking screen caps and blanking out names and just saying, hey, this is the feedback. Right. And I think that kind of process saw a lot of positivity come back in. But the start of the, the actual project was that really difficult hurdle. And then, of course, when the, uh, well, shall we say the colorway issue appeared, it pretty much killed the whole momentum of the Kickstarter. And you know what? And this is something that I absolutely hate. I, I really hate this whole it's it's elitism 
in a way, but it's also uh, gatekeeping, right? In that, hey, look, I've created this keycap color set and nobody else should ever really be allowed to use it. And, oh, somebody else is making a keycap set that uses the same colors, but because I claimed it first, I'm going to basically take my band of followers and brigade and say, hey, don't support this guy because he's stealing my colors that I have no legal right to claim is mine. Like, that is, frankly, you know, excuse my language, fucking bullshit. That is how upset I am about this kind of behavior that I'm using that language. Get your head out of your friggin' ass. If people like those colors, they should be able to make other sets and run with them. Yeah. Don't own the colors. Sure, you can own novelties, you can trademark them, but you can't do those colors unless if they are specifically linked to your main line of business that you own. Now, if you have a business and its brand, its logo, its everything revolves around a color, for example, Cadbury's chocolates, right, in Australia. Or Tiffany. Or Tiffany's. Or Coca-Cola. Like, you know, we we can accept that because it is brand recognition. Now, if your entire creation and artistry is like, I make keycap sets, well, do all of your keycaps have that one color set? One colorway? No. Suck it up. Don't put shade on hanging up on other people because, you know what, there is only going to be a limited amount of color combinations that for honest for honesty just says we'll look nice and good right we need to get over this we really do need to get over this what, what? What, what's going to happen next you're going to go well you can't use that rgb combination on your leds come on it's freaking stupid anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting super worked up about this because um, it, i i agree it, with what you're saying uh like, I think it would be different if they actually had, like, a certain level of, like, intellectual property protection. But, like, have that... Do they have, like, documents saying that, like, this colorway... Like, they don't. And so I think that it's kind of stupid that they, like, use their online followings to create problems for the other, the other people trying to create something when they really don't have any sort of like legal um, backing for their like opinions. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's a really good example of where there is actually legality, right? So Jack from uh, Autolinear Keyboards, he has trademarked Plank because it's an actual product that is linked to a business that he has. And that is why he gets really up people's cases about things that knock off the plank or use the plank's name in jest or humor. E.g. the dank to the contra to, well, sorry, the dank to redacted to contra, right? And also the GNAP, which is the not a plank. Like, he gets up people's cases because, well, he's actually spent the money to actually register something that can be registered as a trademark because it's it's his thing now if you can successfully trademark that colorway then you've got a leg to stand on 
okay? But, yeah, it sucks. If I want to make a key set that's got those same colors right now, it's never going to succeed without the blessings of somebody who made and created it ages ago. It, it's it's dumb. It really is. Plus the pulse, like, so... <laughs> I guess I don't want to, like, bring attention to specific <laughs> ones. You did such a good job about, like, avoiding it. But, like, the, if what if, like, the colors aren't even, like, an actual set being offered, but they're a combination of, like, multiple sets from Hub? Like, then it's like... But that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. Like, like it was, what, Midnight and uh, Laguna. You, you know, you combine Midnight and Laguna and you got a pretty much close to pulse set and then people went oh like you know there's a pulse by running on mass drop right now i seriously do not think anybody who was involved in the mass drop buy for pulse round three or whatever bloody round it is cough cough pulse will never be run again cough cough affected oh, that mass drop run oh shit um, like, you cannot tell me it had any impact on it whatsoever when they're talking about hitting a thousand sets right now now, if you think about it's a thousand sets and they're paying over a hundred bucks each, that's like thirteen percent of Kickstarters buy just on that one colorway. Yeah. Plus, the best part about this is like, if they instead of entering like the whatever pulse buy, they entered the hub. The hub was like a Kickstarter, so if it didn't get funded, then you wouldn't get your set. So I don't think anybody would like gamble like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> It just seems like a really bad idea. Like, and then if the hub fails, you just don't get anything. Yeah, but they wouldn't take your money. <laughs> yeah, but then you still don't get your set. <laughs> yeah, but you're not really out of pocket, and okay. you already have a very hard deadline. It, it's just, in any case. Yeah. You know, sure. Let me get off my soapbox, but uh, at the same time, there are things in our community that sometimes just irks me greatly 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 but i hope that in the near future and i hope that it won't be too far away we will see the relaunch of the hub and i'm going to be back on that supporting it fully because i want to try out that profile man like after i spoke with 2zqq and he knocked up those uh, graphics of the different profiles on top of each other because that was one of the things that the Australian guys were saying hey like we don't have any indication of what these actually look like compared to other profiles I was like I'm on board low profile with a light sculpt you know you read the description you see the pictures but you don't have any indication without a side-by-side -side comparison and then when he did those graphics I was just like I'm even more keen now yeah um I agree also I do like like what Doss Gnome said that you already mentioned about getting some more sets sent around. I saw one like two like I don't I don't know I guess like a, one year ago now last summer in Seattle, but I don't even remember he had two and I don't even remember which one it was. So it's like <laughs> I would like to see it again if I can. Yeah, like, of course, this is being selfish and whatnot, but I would love to be able to get a 3D printed set and and naturally try it. Heck, he wouldn't even have to post it to me. He could just send me the STLs and I could go to, you know, the lab at work and print out a small set of them and, and I could try them and I could review them. But 
of course, there's there's issues in that because once you release the files to somebody, there's a risk that they're going to run with it and do something else. But hey, you know, you would think that there's relative uh, trust in some people in the community anyway. Mr. Steal Your Files. Uh, steal your files and raise $500,000 from some other manufacturer. So like you can, raise, you can do your own hub. <laughs> well, put it, we'll put it this way, right? Nothing is stopping anybody from doing that right now anyway. You can go and get for like anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars worth of parts to a couple of thousand dollars, super high quality 3D scanners. You know, we're talking like high precision level scanners that can scan down to like the resolution of a mil. You get your caps, you put it down there, you scan it, and then bam, you've got an STL. Go out and print the sucker and adjust it, scale it, and then what's the difference, right? Yeah, I've used if one some- of those. At one of my, at like my internship, like two, two, three, two and a half years ago now, we had one that was like a hundred thousand dollars and you just like spray this white powder on it. And then it just like, it's used for like aerospace parts, which like have to be extremely precise. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm not advocating that you guys should do this though. I think that's a little bit it's in bad, in bad faith. I think you should... Create but, your own you profile. Know, this, I feel like this is exactly what happens in China. I mean, I know we're diverging from our topics here, but but the sad reality is China is the copy, the the copy masters of the world, right? They they copy everything and anything, and they are damn good at it. And it's because they put the energy, resources, and technology into doing so because it's actually easier than having free thought. Um, and because free thought in China is dangerous, so... Well, you know, also the development cycle, if you copy it, it's way quicker. It's way quicker. Super quick. Um, and so the the knockoff productions of everything is just amazing. Um, but you'll also find they're very good at creating stuff that's simple because it doesn't require R&D and lots of revisions. So, heck, if the hub went to China instead of being US made, and I know that part of the appeal here is that it's 100% US made and quality controlled up the wazoo, I guarantee you they could have funded it a lot cheaper. It, but the only downside is though, you'd find like 600 vendors on AliExpress and Taobao selling it within a month. So, <laughs> And this is not to say that somebody will not buy a set of the hub and send it to China to do that anyway. So... Yeah, there's going to be future issues regardless because we've seen this with Max Key essays, you know, and, and other keycap profiles that are coming out of China. So, anyway, yeah, we've spent a very large portion of time today in this episode so far talking about the hub because it's been such a big deal. Um, yeah, you know, Kevin, it's really been a, a hub. It's really been a very hub topic recently. It has been. It has been. But I want to wrap this with asking you, Kevin, what is your prediction on its re-release campaign? Is it going to make it or is it not going to make it? Dude, I think 500,000 is too much. <laughs> like, I think if it, like, it's just, it's too much. Like, uh, I'm not like, saying if it's going to be $500,000. I because think we don't know if they're going to revise what they're offering what the costs are, what their goal is. Dude, I would have been surprised. Like, like I I think that like it can't, it definitely can succeed, but 
there has to be a ton of changes. Okay, so you've said that it can succeed, but I'm asking for your prediction. Will it succeed on its relaunch? Um, yeah, I'll say it'll succeed. I'm sure Evan will put Evan's pretty smart. So I'm sure he's going to put in a lot of effort to get it to succeed. Um, I think that I think that Evan probably, I mean, they got, they got farther than I thought. Do you know the, the, <laughs> the amount that they ended up with? Uh, it was about a hundred and thirty six or a hundred and forty something thousand US. Yeah, it was, I mean, about a, it was about 170 something thousand Australian. So that'd be about 140,000 US. Yeah. With like 37 days to go, something like that. I see like if it gets like three, if it goes to like 300,000 instead of 500,000, if they're able to like limit it somehow. And then they're also able to um, like just organize it a little bit better, then I think, I think they can do it. So uh, my bet is that they will change and then they, they will succeed. <laughs> awesome. Well, my prediction is that they will succeed as well. So, Evan, Stephen, best of luck. Let's see it happen again. And uh, you know that we're behind you. All right. With kick forwards. <laughs> <laughs> kick forwards. Thank you for the kick forwards. Righty-o, righty-o. Um, you know what? At this point in time, let's bring some some absolute positivity into play. Um, J Chan drama. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can go. We'll we'll get to that. You know, if you want that roller coaster. But um, I want to say thank you to everybody who entered in our competition that I announced last week, which was for a Idea Twenty Three keycap, uh, which will actually incidentally be sent out by. Chill caps. Uh, now that Kevin is no longer in the US, so I asked people to send through an email with something positive for Kevin to get him through a bit of uh, the tough period that he's been having the last couple of weeks, and I got five emails which I forwarded to you. So I hope you enjoyed the little bits and pieces that uh, people had sent you, Kevin. Yeah, they were they were good. It made me feel good. So uh, thank you very much to Kim, James, Gareth, Michael, and Robert. And the uh, random generator is now going to do its spin. And the winner is number three. So Gareth, I am going to get in contact with you and uh, grab your details so I can pass them on. And um, there's going to be an Idea 23 cap heading your way very shortly. Yay, Gareth. Now, uh, I didn't think about how we're going to do the next one so we won't do one this week but we'll do one next week uh, we'll have a week to think about what we'll do for the next idea 23 keycap giveaway and for a reminder <clears throat> our monthly kibio competition technically ends on the 30th which is actually tomorrow um monday australia time or well it'll be monday all over the world so we'll actually announce We'll draw and announce the winner next week. But if you're listening to this podcast completely fresh, you still got a day to get in on it if I manage to release this at our usual time on Sunday uh, to enter. Now, we've just finished talking about the hub. You have to go to the Van Keyboards website to the hub key 
Clipboard Layout Editor and create a key set from the 12 different colorways. Take a screenshot of it and email it to me at theboardpodcast at gmail.com. I think this has actually been the most popular Kibio monthly competition we've ever run. Kevin? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's a little bit more like Fun, like fun, kind of like you can cre- you can kind of like create something which makes you feel good, and it's really easy to create it. How many entries do you think we've had? Um, nine. We've got twenty. What? I I like when we we when we get into about the fifteen mark, I was like, hey, this is doing really well, and it was like sixteen, seventeen. I was like, I think this is going to be our, our most entries ever, and uh, we're at twenty. So, so it's been really great. I'm, I will do what I promised, which is I'm still going to get all of the images that were sent to me and I'm going to create an album, an imager album, so everyone can check out everybody else's creations to see what people are hanging out to create. Whenever that no, happens. you don't own the colorways just because you created them. <laughs> okay, so don't start fighting each other. Hey, unless if they can trademark that sucker, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's let's go back down the slippery slope of the roller coaster of the keyboard community. Let's. And, I, uh, I want to really quickly. I want to yeah. do this like M, this injection molded MX stems for artisan thing. Okay. Go for it. Um. Yeah. So somebody created a design for that MX stem insert, which was it's like the the bottom crucifix of a keycap with a little like square on top and they wanted to have injection molding used to produce them. And so they're running an interest check now. And they also said that they're reaching out to SP to create these. Um, it's interesting, but I like this idea. Uh, so I, I, I guess like the the main thing that's I'm struggling with here is seeing if there's actually going to be enough people needing these because if you're just using it for something that's not like producing products like repairing broken keys that's one of the one of the like example uses for them it's really easy just to cut up a keycap from from like a spare keycap you have and glue it in and it works perfectly fine. Um, I, so I, and then the other like recommended uses are like casting artisans and wood keycaps, which I'm assuming you probably glue them into wood keycaps. I just, I don't know if there's like a big enough demand for it. Like I just, <laughs> you know, I, I created these like just by casting in the past and they worked fine. It is interesting though, because I know this is how, Ramage, Ramage uses like this is how, what he does to create his space bars that are CNC'd out of acrylester, but he glues these in actually, which is pretty cool. But I mean, he's already doing them 3D printed, and like they're working for him. If he didn't need it, then I just I just don't know if there's a big enough market. So I think that kind of is. Uh... Another example of who uses inserts is Jelly Keys. After Jelly Keys had all sorts of dramas with a lot of their keycaps cracking on the stem, 
they actually went to gluing in inserts into a whole bunch of their keycaps. So I've seen some that have actually got epoxied stems. The so this injected molded stem with the wood keycaps uh, is is actually a pretty good point in that well a lot of timber when you mill it and you're trying to get that fine detail and tolerance it just it just can't handle it and wood is much more susceptible to crush damage so if you put it onto like a really tight fit or you've rotated it the incorrect way because you know how the crucifix is larger in one orientation than the other um, that keycap might never fit properly ever again because the wood's being crushed so being able to put in an injected plastic one will obviously help and solve that uh, now this is not the first time this idea has been floated because Rama works last year had teased within some circles about a casting system that was kind of like a hybrid between the synth as well as pre-made stems just like this exactly as what this uh, post made by Woodkeys is actually describing you actually put that stem into the molding system and then you cast your artisan around it and it comes up with a perfect stem. So I think it's great if they were, are able to produce this. There are some technical issues with how you put that into the keycap and alignment and fit because keycap heights will be different for different profiles and sizes and styles as well as how you make the keycap will affect like what will fit inside the stem. Um, the second part though, which is really interesting, is the price point in this survey. Now if you read through all of these, it seems like 50 cents is the bottom line. But 50 cents is a lot to be paying for an insert. It's not when you consider the overall cost of an artisan, but if, you know, they're paying 50 cents each for a very small piece of injected plastic. Now, if they were to go to China for this, right, <laughs> going back to China again, and said, make me these, I guarantee you they could do it for probably like two cents each. So, I don't know why they're hell-bent on wanting to make it at Signature Plastics, or if the 50 cent is a hidden margin that we don't know about. Not that I'm saying that they are, I'm just saying that if you were really serious about making this an affordable option, you probably shouldn't go to Signature Plastics. Which, are you saying they might be getting some kick forwards, Don? <laughs> there could be some kick sideways, too, <laughs> for all I know. Uh, now, <laughs> you know, the reason why I think this is actually a really good direction to go is because it reduces some of the things that hold people back from making artisans. Currently, when you make artisans, if you don't have donor stems like this, then you have to cast the stem. And when you cast the stem, either you're going to do it with a two-part mold, which is fine, or you're going to use a synth. Now, if you don't do it right with a two-part mold and you get deformed stems, then you have a problem. But then, once again, regardless if you use a synth or a two-part mold, you're still working with resin or epoxy or polyurethane or whatever, which could be prone to breaking cracking versus injected plastic. So if you took all of that away, being a problem, and you go, well, you can just focus on actually creating the artisan and just pop this in the back of it and bam, everybody's happy. 
So taking that away, taking that sort of um, barrier from creating artisans is a really positive step. It's just the price. That price is killing me because at 50 US cents plus shipping, it's just absolute killer. You know, somebody said, oh, you know, if you can get it down to 25 cents a piece, they would pick up a couple of hundred. But even at 25 cents a piece, that's way too much for, for one of these. Like you could just have, you could just have signature plastics and make full keycaps for like five cents. You know, you get the tooling done. We know that Asia can produce keycaps. Just look at the stuff that comes out of KBD fans and eDrug. They've got perfectly good fitting stems. Whoever CNC'd their tooling could just make the same tooling for this. And you know what? It would not surprise me one bit in a couple of months to see these kind of stems appearing from a Chinese manufacturer because they've seen this on Reddit and go, we can beat 50 cents. <laughs> Let's go. You know? That's so what Don's trying to say is you already lost Woodkey's click. <laughs> You've lost this saying, one. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's very strange that they've chosen to be specific about who they wanted this to be made by. What is it about Signature Plastics that would make this a superior product? Is it because they already make keycaps? Well, like, pff, what? You know, Vortex have their own profile on keycaps. Why not ask Vortex to do it? You know, it's just... Yeah, maybe it's patriotism, patriotism, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the price is where it's going to hurt. It's going to physically hurt. It's going to hurt that in your <laughs> pocket. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, this guy needs to spend a little bit more time developing this idea, I think. Well, you know, Woodkeys makes wood keycaps. He's made some lovely wooden cases for the big switch. He's gone and done the PCB with the, the triple that's got RGB lighting and everything. So it's not that he doesn't know what he's doing or hasn't done his research. It's just that that's his his game plan. That's his choice. That's his preference on where and who he wants this concept to run through. So I'd love to see somebody, uh, you know, copyright and trademarker insert stem though that'll be a fun battle too <laughs> get the popcorn <laughs> Schengen right. where where are we going to now um you know uh you know we we haven't really talked about this before but the DOS keyboard 5Q Kickstarter actually got $580,000 so that's even <sighs> That's the superior mechanical keyboard compared to the Model F keyboard project. <laughs> Dude, that, that thing's like cloud connected. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but it has RGB, bro. And it's like fully programmable. Yeah, pro, pro gamer. All right. Well, I want to have just uh, some quick shout outs for some projects that people have been running around because we are kind of grinding into uh, the later stage of our episode length. The late game, end game. The, the late game, end game. So I want to give a, a big shout out to everybody over at QMK because they have released a new tool for QMK powered keyboards. Now, Mac Merlin, 
did a really nifty little video showing off this, but they have a new configurator tool, which they are constantly working on to load more keyboards that do work with QMK. So the concept here is you go over to this new configuration tool, you find the keyboard that you've got, and it has a really nifty GUI that you can put in your key assignments, and it will generate a, a JSON file that you can save for later use or sharing with other people. And then you can use that same JSON file on this configuration tool to generate a hex that you flash onto your keyboard. Now, the only things that you need to be very careful about is that this JSON and this configuration tool is not, I repeat, is not compatible with the KB firmware stuff because it's coded slightly differently. Now, there's a lot of boards that are listed and they haven't got the code set right yet as part of the tool for every single keyboard. So make sure you just go back and check to see that it is done. Uh, and if you have a keyboard that runs off QMK that isn't on that list, then I guess you can contact the team at QMK and go, well, here's the key map and the, not key map, the matrix uh, and pin assignments. And these are the additional features that it can potentially support. And hopefully they'll be able to put that into their list of things to build into this configuration tool. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you took much of a look into that, Kevin. Um, I'm still scared of QMK, so no, not at all. <laughs> but I... Well, everything that I have that I made, all my macro pads and stuff like that, run off QMK, and, and I love it. So, And I'm pretty sure none of my creations are in that drop-down list, so I'm still going to have to stick with either KB firmware or doing it with uh with a manual sort of conversion in windows uh compiler so some json json some json work json uh, derubo now <laughs> quickly going through as well <laughs> there is a group by happening for the let's split a <laughs> let's split a, um, a. it's a revision of the classic let's split version 2 and this particular uh, group by will end, I believe, is it, what's the date on it? Uh, will end on the 14th of May. So you've got a couple of weeks to get in on this. Now, the features of this new PCB is that it has a USB-C port on it and it supports um, backlit LED with six RGB SMDs already on the PCB. So they've basically taken the, the classic let's split and have up-revved it into something with a little bit more features and a little bit fancier. So now the reason why it's called let's split A is because it's currently being run by the Canadian, funnily enough. Uh, so if you're interested in that, get on it. Uh, it's 50 bucks for two PCBs, but they are also teaming up with Jollymon to offer acrylic cases as well. Radio. Uh, hey. Hey. Yeah. That's 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 sorted there. Now we've got about ten minutes roughly, uh, and we've got a few things that we're probably not going to get to today, and that's perfectly fine. So the question is, Kevin, do you want to go into what you mentioned earlier, or do you want to just touch through some of the other things here? Let's save that one for the end. Um, what about this? So this, I think it was done on Kickstarter. 
was it the 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 ultimate the what is it called the UHK? I don't even ultimate remember. Ultimate hacking keyboard. The ultimate hacking keyboard. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name, but somebody actually has received theirs, which means that they're shipping out, and it's really cool that they actually completed and they're finally arriving to customers. I it, I know the wait. So this guy said it's like two and a half years. That's crazy, but. It's awesome that it was completed, and I'm looking forward to seeing the ones with the little, like, add-on parts that I saw initially. You know, like, the, yeah, the trackball? The, the trackball wheel, the thumb wheel. Uh, yeah, I want to see that. And the additional buttons as well. So I'm a, I, I love the little trackball. What I really love about this also is the color. You check out what this guy got. Was it? Yeah, um, it's like the bright blue one. It's the bright blue. Like, yeah, it looks, it looks really nice. Yeah, that's this isn't actually the only post. They, I have seen seen a second one um, of this keyboard, and and it's 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 lovely. Like, I really like the design, and it it seems to have turned out fantastically well. Um, and like you said, Kevin, I too want to see those additional add-ons for the thumb clusters because i think uh, it's it's really nifty yeah um, I, i'm a big fan of the trackball thing so i can't wait to see those mate who knows maybe i'll end up buying one of these the only thing that i want to say though that uh is a little bit i guess disappointing don't don't ruin know. this <laughs> <laughs> so much positivity <laughs> Is that they, the description here from the review is that the palm rest is screwed on metal inserts, but the tabs for tenting and tilting are screwed directly onto the plastic. And if you're not careful, you can destroy the plastic with too much force. There are plenty of warnings for this, though. So read your manuals before you go over tightening the screws on your tenting parts because you don't want to screw up something that you've waited two and a half years for. Just saying. I wanted to just put that out there. Because I know I would be really upset if that had happened. There's some um, people who might like screwing up things that they've waited two and a half years for. Okay. Uh, they they are, to each his own. They are masochists. Whoever's out there who wants to screw it up, you screw it up and don't let Tom tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, but no, congratulations to the team from Ultimate Hacking Keyboards for bringing their goal and their dream to reality. It looks really fantastic. And, uh, you know, if one second hand comes up on the market locally here and it's uh, affordably priced, I too would probably have a crack at getting it and uh, checking it out too. Yeah, it's definitely like, it takes a lot for a keyboard right now to be something that the others aren't close to like something that's not easily replaced and this one's definitely one of them like this and the model f are two that are like they stand out in a special way that not a lot of other keyboards do that and also the um dos 5q cloud compatible <laughs> you're not gonna let that one go are you or does the it deserve to be let go the superior keyboard <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sure they have other streams of income. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I wonder how many, how many of them that they sold got RMA'd or returned. 
be an interesting statistic to find out. Yeah. All right. Um, so. All right, let's do this. This Ergo Plus. Are you ready for this one? Ergo Plus. Yeah. Um, this is actually on Indiegogo, so it's not a Kickstarter. Indiegogo, if you're not aware of it, is another crowdfunding site system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person who created this is actually part of the keyboard community. It's been, well, at least on Reddit for three years. Uh, so you know, they've been around, actually, a reasonable time on Reddit. They um, they created this little thing, which is kind of like a wrist rest system uh, that hooks onto the underside of your keyboard and also has like these tabby arm things that you like stick onto the back of your keyboard so you can hold tablets and mobile phones and stuff like that. So, you know, I wouldn't say that it's groundbreaking or anything like that, but they're funding $500. I was like, it's only $500. But I was reading the description of this device, the Ergo Plus, and it's just 3D printed. So you're, you're forking out money to get one of these to support his campaign. But my my real thinking here is, why is he using Indiegogo? It's $500. The dude's got a HHKB. It's five hundred dollars. Half the funding. <laughs> like it's three D printed. Just print like them Don, and sell them. If you put you had a successful Indiegogo campaign on your resume, that comes with a lot more force than saying that you self-funded it. Well, <laughs> I I don't know if that is his end goal or not. But like, you know. The, the actual product that you're paying for, you're not funding $500 for him to go and get a proper mold, injected mold, plastic, you know, CNC'd or whatever. You're literally paying for him to just use a 3D printer and print you one of these things. So why is he trying to raise $500? That is never really very clear in all of this. It's just more about, I have made this, it's printed 3D, support me and you'll get one that will improve your wrist position and allows you to work and type on your lap that can hold like mobile phones and tablets. So it's it's very strange. Well, the, it's a nice the, idea. All right, so I'm going to go in defense of the Ergo Plus. <laughs> as, hard, as hard as this is right now. Um, so the reason why they 3D printed it is because they want to be able to support different size keyboards and a lot of the different mounting options and like that's they they're kind of making these like to order basically to your specific dimensions it says so um yeah right yeah but like it's such an easily designed item that can be modular for whatever you need you know the the keyboards are of relatively known size formats and if you look at his product it's like a mesh base it's it's carbon fiber reinforced uh filament okay so these little white wrist rest pads could have a system on that easily allows you to put them into a variety of positions and sizings it's yeah very strange 
and it's it's a flexible goal. It says this campaign will receive all funds raised even if it does not reach its goal. So they've got five backers. They've raised thirty-five bucks on it right now. Okay. And even if they don't reach their goal and they never produce and send you anything, he gets to keep the money. Like. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? He's trying his best here. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I did, he, he did actually say on his Reddit thread, anyone want to review one? And I said, if you really want an honest review on YouTube, let's talk. I don't know if he's going to take me up on this or not. But if he does, I guarantee you, I will give him an honest review or her an honest review. So, although I think it's a him from the voice in the video. Right. Let's move on. All right. Is this the final one? Is this the final topic? Oh, no. The seracoding thing. Have you ever... So, what are your thoughts on seracoding, Don? Have you ever seracoded anything do you like it i've never seracoded i've never even seen a seracoded part really so for people who have no idea what seracoding is seracoding is there's done by this girl her name's sarah (laughs) 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 you you send your stuff to her (laughs) and she coats it (laughs) it's it's a ceramic it's a ceramic coating that is applied onto materials. Uh, if you know about powder coating, so they get like a uh, very fine plastic um, material. It's kind of like a, a plastic powder and they statically charge metal with like, you know, either a primer or, or electrical charge. And then they spray coat it with this plastic and then they go and bake it. And what happens is the very fine particles of the plastic melt and fuse and completely coat and cover your material and that's that's powder coating Cerakote is essentially powder coating with ceramic so when it bakes and fuses at the the temperatures that this ceramic polymer actually fuses at it forms an extremely hard extremely durable material Uh, it's very resistant to wear and tear and scratching uh, and you can get it in a variety of colors because they can pigment the ceramic polymer. It's used quite extensively in a variety of firearm customization works, but seracoding can also be done on pretty much anything that has like a metallic substrate that can survive the temperatures required. I have been informed that you can also now get seracote low temp slash Cerakote no bake where it's just sprayed on and it cures on i suspect those varieties of Cerakote would not be as tough as the that's, that's like spray painting something in your like in your like backyard versus having it professionally painted <laughs> well if you spray paint with this Cerakote ceramic polymer i'm sure it would still have ceramic particulate in it and so you know the no baking process you're still going to get a durable sort of coat on your product it won't be as the same as baking a ceramic shield around your product that's all Uh, i have actually seen some pictures from some local australian guys who've actually already seracoded their cases but this is coming more and more popular and this post that i you know linked in the notes 
is that somebody seracoded their canoe in the complete sort of natural white. Uh, what do you think? How, how do you think it looks? Um, it's cool for the white color. Um, I think that a lot of like the finish is things that like you can't even find, you can't even really like understand on pictures for the most part. Like, like that you, you really have to like touch them and look at them in person to tell. And I don't think I've ever seen a Cerakoted part in person. So I, I don't know if I'd like it or not. Um, it looks pretty though. It looks like enameled cookware, that's the kind of feel that you would get on Cerakote. So it's like pretty like soft and like wet feeling kind of? No, it's smooth. It's like cool and smooth, but hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just hard to tell. One thing I do have to say though, is this, this canoe weight, it's like a lot of wasted material making me sad. Oh, the design engineering coming up. Cerakote's <laughs> um, not super expensive, but it's also not cheap. But mm-hmm. if it's done right, I think it would look really fantastic and it would make your case or your parts very, very durable. That said, though, um, unlike anodizing, you know, the the hidden cost of cerakoting you have to think about that is um the repair so you know people scratch up their cases and stuff like that and you can kind of get away with small scratches on anodized cases you can kind of buff it and you can you know clear coat it and wax it and stuff like that but if you have cerakote and it's tripping off uh it's not not so easy I don't even know if you wanted to re-cerakote, would you be able to take the old stuff off and put new stuff on either? That that would be an interesting question because it's baked on. Uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of repair costs would be required for that because then you're starting to mess with your tolerances and things not fitting and screwing in and coming together properly as more and more layers of coating is applied. Yeah, we, we need to call an expert. <laughs> we need Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it is it is getting to be more of a trend. I'm seeing more and more of that kind of stuff happening out there. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to see some more colors and, and variety in what uh, is happening on the Cerakote market. Yeah. Now, we have actually kicked over an hour. You still want to go into this? Uh, you know, we could probably skip this. Actually, we should just like you sure? we should just like mention it so that people don't like wonder what we were talking about. But go for it. Okay. Well, a user on Reddit wrote an open letter to Jay Chan, who is the founder and owner of Keyclack, about his inability to get into contact with Jay Chan about a set which he entered for in a group by called Master Control Rebirth. Um, according to the user, he joined the group by over a year ago. The group by has been classified as a fail and there's been no follow up since then. And he's looking to get a, um, get, get his money back. Um, uh, he's also, uh, he also purchased uh, Solarized Dark 
because, well, I guess that's like another business transaction which he had. But yeah, he also purchased Solarized Dark, which he's now asking for a refund for. And yeah, that's that's it. He seems to have some, like, there's some conflict with him. I don't know if it's personal or not, but with the owner of Keyclack, and that seems to be uh, really like, it's it's entering into the thread. There's a little bit of like back and forth and animosity with behind some of people's comments, but um, yeah, that's 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 what we've been talking about a little bit. There's um, there's just uh, some some key clack problems going on, really. Uh, do you want to add anything? I don't. Uh, it's, it's, I feel like we've done this before, so it's. I, I do feel like we're kind of like. Just like kicking it while it's down, you know? So, you know, if you're new to the community, Chan, as as far as history in the keyboard community, has had his share of ups and, and, and downs. Um, he's, he's done some amazing group buys and have launched some amazing products, but he's also had a lot of difficulties with projects as well as things happening out of his control in his personal life. And, you know, he, from everything that I know of and my personal interaction with him, he seems to be a pretty good guy. But his business practices have copped a lot of flack and scrutiny. And we've talked about this previously. And, and it's just not the way that you want to run a business. You know, there's been a lot of people who've come onto this thread who've supported the original poster of the thread because they've had very similar experiences. And I don't know what the deal is with Keyclack right now, but Jay Chen, we've said it before, you got to do something about it, you know? I think it's uh, it's like, he's one of the first people who've like, it, from my knowledge, have really like run this like business where it's the whole thing, it, it's like mass drop that you you take money from people to do projects, but it's a bunch of individual customers. And it just seems like an impossible thing to sustain. And I just, uh, I was never a fan of that. That's like when I made my keyboard, I just like, I just paid for everything and then sold them afterwards. Cause I just like, don't like the idea of, yeah, yeah. just, it's, uh, that's just like, really, I just don't, see this it's, working in the end it's it's really interesting that you call it that you know relating it to mass drop and and you're right it keyclack really does feel pretty much as a one or a two-person mass drop operation uh and it's not really working out fantastically so far now he did reply and it was a very short reply the reply is actually now deleted from the thread the mods have actually locked the threads because you know we're talking about personal attacks and degeneration starting to occur um there's linkage back to a geek hack thread where jay chan's basically said a bunch of invoices and things like that got missed they're chasing them up trying to figure out what's going on but obviously being publicly called out he's had to actually respond to this particular case which is unpleasant but at least he is still engaging even if it's late and in uh, not so positive light. So uh, I mean, I've met him in person. He's uh, he's definitely a cool guy. He's not evil or anything. He's just you know, he's trying to do something, and it's 
uh, there's some struggles. So hopefully he can work through it. Yeah, I would say, you know, there there needs to be a time to to reconsider how he operates and his his business models, and then revamp again and go from there. So, yeah. I mean, there, there is like, there's, I know it's hard, but like angel investors do exist and like start, like the startup world is pretty like big right now. If I if it's not working from direct customers, there's always that opportunity too. Yeah. I mean, and, and I took a very similar approach to you as well. Even with say the hub, I was going to buy all of their sets and then, essentially in sell them to people who had made the commitments so it's just a matter of capital and we don't know what other projects that jay chan's working on outside the keyboard community for example so you know let's let's not get too deep into making assumptions or, or attacks but rather than just leave it at that by saying um hopefully we'll see a change and a change for the better if he decides to stay in the community. Because there was one point where he said he wasn't thinking of staying anymore and, and just moving on. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, time heals all wounds. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there we have it. Uh, a proper episode with two people feels so strange. <laughs> you didn't just like mime, like pantomime my voice or like mimic no. m- mimic my voice? No. I, you didn't I do, do that? Anything like that. No. Uh, well, is there anything else that you just off the cuff would want to throw out there for this week before we wrap up? That's all I got. So you got? Oh, I got, did get an email from SwitchTop, which I should mention. Um, yeah. Cherry Plate and PCB co-star stabs in stock. What? Well, SwitchTop. What's <laughs> 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 uh, it? Dear. Well, uh, my uh, my work-related stuff for for keyboards has been continuing. I've got now a prototype. I did a video. Um, it, on building it so explaining the actual PCB and how to build it and then the actual build it was 24 minutes okay so I built this thing from scratch completely like set it all up and everything else I didn't do any of the programming so it was just complete soldering including transition screens and displaying this product and it was 24 minutes and I showed it to my colleague who was working on this project with me and he was like oh, I think it's a bit long and I just thought to myself, oh, mate, 24 minutes for a build video is not long at all. So uh, we don't know, of course, if we'll, we'll even end up doing a video for, for the final product if the product is approved, but it might turn into you know, pictorial guides and stuff like that. But I think it's nice, though, to have the video demonstrating it from start to finish because he was suggesting that I edit it so you know it took out bits when I was soldering that was just soldering but i think it's good because if people click on the video and they realize hey i'm actually going to watch this in real time it will literally take me less than 24 minutes to put this this macro pad together 
so we'll, we'll see how that goes um and my hot swap project that i'm working on at the moment i'm still waiting to hear back from a vendor that i've contacted so if they don't get back to me this week i'm gonna have to call them and, and hassle them myself rather than waiting for an email reply from their contact form on their website but uh i am keen to to get that hot swap project moving yeah other than that um that's that's it for the moment uh i did actually get a request from one of our listeners to interview somebody from the community a very specific person i have actually made contact with that person but they said to contact them in a couple of weeks because they're going to do a bunch of uh travel for work so i won't say who just in case things don't pan out anytime soon but uh should be good if we manage to get them on should be yeah let's do it you you have absolutely no idea who this is so i i have like do do you think i would know who they are you know you know what they've made you know their product uh, but i I wouldn't recognize their name Uh, i don't know if you would or not i certainly didn't but as soon as they went oh he made this is it a keyboard product yes what kind of what do you think we do here <laughs> i don't is know there's a lot of cross pollination in the keyboard community okay oh dear all right well uh yeah so that all right well we're gonna to end this and then dawn's gonna tell me who. <laughs> 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 all right well thank you to everybody who uh have kept with us and for of course listening to this episode Uh, If you're new to our podcast, we do have an Instagram account now and we've also got a YouTube channel and we have a Patreon. So if you feel like supporting us in any way, uh, please check all of those particular things out. So uh, if you'd like to say goodbye, Kevin. Um, Goodbye. And of course, as always, until next time, happy clacking.